You don't? Yeah. I have a uh-huh. really good recipe for um, bread, so I'll send it to you. It's really, really okay, good. Okay, please. I get it from a, okay. It's so delicious. But I don't know if it lasts 2,000 years. Excellent, Mr. You know, Susan, would you start us this morning with a word of prayer? Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. Kind Mm -hmm. Father, in Jesus' name, we love you and we praise you for this new day that we have Mm -hmm. not seen before. We thank Mm -hmm. you for being kind to our family member, excuse me, ourselves the whole week long. And we just thank you and we just give you the praises because you are so kind and loving to each and every one of us. We are trusting in you, Heavenly Father, for the many blessings that we have before you. We know you are on-time God. And you will give us those blessings in the time that we need it most. Forgive us for our sin of omission and commission. Father, we are, Father, I am covering myself, the listener, and our family member with the blood of Jesus, that we will not get any backlashes from this prayer. And, Father, prepare our heart and mind to receive and enjoy your rhema word on this morning. And, Father, we want you to continue to bless the overseer and this ministry and his family with favor, with everyone they need favor from. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Praise God. This is beautiful. I am so joyful to just like to hear everyone's voice on Sunday morning. And... uh, um, this is a time that we um, we set aside to just like that, you know, praise God for what He has done. Because the Bible says we should enter His courts with praise yeah. and thanksgiving. There should be joy. You know, if if we don't have the joy in the church, where where would you even find this joy and yeah. happiness? Yeah. Uh, there is no place like uh, this one. You know. And they go into uh, Disney World. They say it's the happiest place in the world. Actually, we can get to that happiest place, oh. you know, every time we come before the throne of God mm-hmm. and His grace. And, uh, you know, as we've always talked about, you know, giving God the praise is just one of the most beautiful things that mm-hmm. we can do in decorating, you know, God this morning. Think of it like a you and I are asked to decorate His holiness this morning. And the only way we can decorate Him is not with flowers, but with our praises. So I just wanted to use this time to just like a praise God for what He has done. So this is um, Susan All. I just, excuse me, I just want to give God the praise and glory on Friday that I asked the overseer to pray for my um, my grandson, and because yeah. he was in a very bad car accident, and on Saturday he was able to move his toes, and I just give God all the praises for that. He opened his eyes mm-hmm. and he was able to move his toes 
So that's a blessing right there. But just continue to hold him up before the Lord in prayer. Thank you. Thank you. Praise God. The God who began a good work in him is still yes. we'll, we'll see him through this and yes. get out of this. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. Hi, everyone. This is Katina. Um, I just want to give God um, acknowledgement um, and the honor that he deserves as being a healer, as being a provider, as just being everything that we need him to be. And I was joking with my mom and with some other ladies uh, recently when I was talking about my mother's memory. And um, she's coming up on a year of her stroke, of having her stroke. Uh, November will be a year. And I remember there was a time when I would call her and I would ask her certain things and she would be like, oh, I don't know. I, you know, I can't remember. I don't know those things and, you know, and everything. And, and then recent, most recently, though, over the last probably couple of weeks, as I'm still trying to work through, you know, a lot of their financial, um, you know, the financial aspects of, of their lives, I've been having to call her to ask her about certain things so I can know how I need to move forward. And I would call and I'd be like, Mom, do you remember so-and-so? She'd be like, oh, yes, I remember. Uh, it was probably about last year, October this time, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, wow, look at God. Like, your memory is really, really coming back. Because I remember mm. it went from, I don't know, you know I'm confused, <laughs> I don't remember, to now it's like, oh, yeah, um, yeah, back in October 1920 <laughs> or October 2021, that Amen. happened right about the middle of the month on a Thursday. <laughs> I'm exaggerating, but the point I'm making is that God is faithful to heal and that as each day goes by, Amen. I'm just watching Amen. him just, you know, allow, I'm watching him just heal her and she's improving Amen. and praise be unto God to him for that because I know it's nobody but him. And I'm just, I just mm-hmm. wanted to just acknowledge that this morning, that he's definitely doing a great work in her life. Amen. Amen. And she did definitely remember your Christmas gift last week. <laughs> My Christmas gift? What? Yeah, talk about that. <laughs> Morning. This is Lisa. Um, I just wanted to say that um, you know, even though we are grieving the loss of my cousin Keith Hayward, I still thank God because um, from the time he was diagnosed with that cancer since last March, he has truly been a trooper. He has kept his spirits high. He has kept his faith and his trust in God, and um, good days, bad days, pains, highs and lows, he still trusts God. And so I just thank God this morning that 
he has the victory in that he has the needle. You know, he Amen. You know, we've prayed for healing and, you know, God has granted him the ultimate healing. And so mm. I just um I thank God for that and like I said, he has truly been a living testimony, um, to others going through just to see how his spirit has not been broken through all that he has suffered through. So um, just giving God praise for that this morning and just asking that you guys just please just continue to um, keep the family in prayer. You know, it's really a difficult time, and, you know, um, death can really bring about a lot of mass confusion, you know, and dissension, and we just ask God for continued prayer as we go through this week and, you know, as obstacles and trials come that um, we can just remain faithful and stay on one accord. But thank you guys for all the prayers that you have um, sent up on our behalf since March. Um, Amen. Amen. Yeah, uh, Lisa, sorry for your loss. Condolences and prayers go out to y'all. I I didn't know that. I was just was a shock to hear this morning. I know you've been mentioning his name for for quite some yeah. time now. So um Yeah, so we thank God. Continue to lift your lift your family up. Yeah. Thank you so yeah. much. Yeah, man. And uh Miss Miss Sarah remembered you, Miss Lisa, and your cousin on Friday night and uh, uh we were praying for her, um your family. But as you know, as Ms. Katina said, like you know, uh, we're we're journeying through this. But also the 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 way you put it was so beautiful. He's mm. he's got the ultimate healing. He doesn't yeah. need to have that pain anymore. He doesn't yeah. need to. I mean, he will wipe away every tear, and he will mm-hmm. have absolutely no pain anymore <clears throat> in his body. Yeah, I was trying to listen in on Friday between the calls and then I've been on two different phones and the, the calls and the texts and just you know, I just I couldn't right. really right. focus on um, Bible study Friday night, but thank you guys. Amen. Any other praise you need to give God praise with all of us. You know, we we know some of us know you're going to Alaska, but everybody doesn't know. (laughs) (laughs) No, thank you. (laughs) This is a gift, uh, you know, that I told my wife for the 25th anniversary. And, uh, you know, the the thing is that they take her to Alaska, but uh, like uh, every good husband, uh, you know, it just took me three years to accomplish that part. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, um, we're, we're off this week. Um, you know, right after this uh, morning service, we're heading to the airport. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I'm just like uh, thankful, um, you know, for how wonderful God is. I mean, um, that, uh, but this week uh, also, um, for the five and two trade school, um, here's what is happening: the groundbreaking day, um, you know, and uh, the things that needs to happen. We have to move our groundbreaking day to October 22nd because of like a 
the few challenges we had to overcome. Um, but um, we got like a, a Marty, who's a, uh, who's the founder of the largest film festival in the world. To actually, he's hired to just like a, you know uh, coordinate and program that mic, choreograph that mic, um, and, and also. Um, you know, he's the, uh, he's the founder of 24 Flicks. And so that they were here this week and it was like, a, you know, traveling with them. You talk about exhaustion. These guys can exhaust you, uh, to the core with the, all their details, glory, glory details. But either it is coming together so beautifully and people are going to be thoroughly blessed on that day. As we come closer and closer to that one, we'll talk more about it. But I'm also very thankful this week. I just received a, a letter uh, from the uh, Executive Vice President of the North Carolina Sheriff Association, right? And he's written a lot of things on the top and banking and everything, but at the very end, please call me at any time. If I, the association, or the sheriffs of North Carolina can be of assistance to you. This is like, you know, uh, amazing how God is just like a bringing his people together in one accord. to just like a help us through this thing. It is effort. This is, this is going to take a village uh, of people to do it. And God is so beautifully orchestrating and bringing all these people to help us. I'm so thankful and uh, praising God this morning. Amen. 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 Wonderful things of God. Amen. Amen. Can we take a moment, uh, Pastor Cyril, um, to lift you and your family up in prayer? Um, as you Amen. get ready to embark upon your travels. Absolutely. Thank you. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you right now, O oh God. Thank you for this day, O oh God. Lord, we will rejoice and be glad in it, O oh God. Lord, we just want to take this opportunity, O oh God, to lift up our spiritual leader before you right now, O oh God. Lift up his wife, O oh God, before you, O oh God, his family before you right now, O oh God. Thanking you for 25 years of marriage, O oh God, because we know, O oh God, that it is because of you, O oh God, because you have been in the midst, O oh God, of the good times, the bad times, and the not-so-in-between times, O oh God. And, Lord, we are just so thankful for how you're continuing to strengthen them. We're thankful how you're continuing to allow them to love one another another the way that you love them. We're thankful that you are giving them eyes to see each other the way that you see them, oh God. We're thankful that you allow them to be kind to one another, that you allow them to be able to resolve conflict in your name, oh God. And Lord, we're just so thankful for where you're taking them in their marriage, how you're allowing them to join forces together and, and lead their family, lead their community, lead their friends, oh God. And Lord, we're just so thankful unto you, oh God. Lord, we ask for traveling mercy upon them right now, Oh God, Lord, we're asking that you anoint the plane right now, oh God, and every piece, every facet of it, oh God 
from the mechanical to the electrical pieces, oh God, to the design of it, oh God. I'm asking that you be the pilot of the plane. Allow the co-pilot to follow you. Allow, allow the pilot to be the co-pilot and let him follow you, oh God. Allow them to be alert, oh God, and not tired, oh God. Allow them to not be under any influences of any kind, oh God. And Lord, we're just asking that you will anoint the seats, oh God. Sprinkle your blood upon every seat that's inside the cabin, oh God. And Lord, in the cockpit, oh God. Lord, have them to be alert, oh God. Let your spirit abide there, oh God. And Lord, we are thankful that you are going to allow them to get to their destination safely, oh God, and in one piece, oh God. And that they're going to return back home to North Carolina safely. They will be back at home. They will return and find everything in one piece as they left it, oh God. Lord, we're just asking that this will be a, a spiritual awakening, oh God, in your name, oh God, a refreshing time for their marriage, oh God, for them to receive exactly what it is that Pastor Ciro and Miss Jamie's right now. Do a mighty, mighty good work in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Miss Katina. Thank you. Hallelujah. Any other praise items before we go into the word? The conference has been muted. Father God, we come before your throne of grace one more time this morning. Lifting you up, Father God, for everything that you have done in our life, the joy that you have given us this morning. Father, we are entering your courts with praises in our mouth. Father, even right now as we go into the word, Father God, speak to us. Speak to us in a way that our ears can hear, our soul can consume, our heart can joyfully rejoice um, with, with what you're going to teach us this morning, Father God. We surrender ourselves into your mighty hands. God, you take the glory and honor. In Jesus' name I pray. Father, for your glory. Amen. Amen. As we are in this journey of prayer, we've been doing this for a while. It's not like we don't pray, but there is so much in prayer. There's so many facets, so many attributes that we can actually con- can, can, can just be consumed uh, in this journey. And so even though it is taking time, we're just like going through this. We are not in a hurry. We're taking each of those chapters. If you remember the verses, actually not even chapters. Remember Colossians chapter 4, we talked about it, you know. Before that, we talked for a while on the Lord's Prayer. We, we talked about like a Jabez's Prayer. Each of these prayers brings in a new character that we know about God. And there is this, uh, um, when we read the book of Revelation, right? The angels are going around the throne room singing, holy, 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 right? So every time they come around, you think of it like this way, right? It's like a uh, like an army, just like a going around that throne room praising God, right? But when they go around that throne room and come back and look at God this, this time, they just see something new about this God, the holiness of this God. And they see this for the first time. And they just feel like, oh, my God, holy, holy, 
holy, I didn't see this last time when it came around. That's how much of detail that the Father in heaven has exposed to us in the Word. And so it is just so joyful, just like a go through this journey, pick up each of these places where they have stressed their own prayer, and just like a meditating them is just such a joy. And even today, we're just continuing uh, with what we started last week on Second Chronicles chapter 7, right? Here's the background, and I talked about it in length last week. I'm just going to give a, a shorter version of this. Solomon has taken his time to build this temple. This temple, he's like uh, put so much of energy behind and so much of planning behind this. In fact, in one place, it says that they did not, like when they were building this temple, they did not even, in the place where the temple was built, there was absolutely no noise of like uh, the nails or the, the, the uh, you know, with uh, um uh, any changeover, any breaking of something, none of those things happened. Why? Because there was a different place where they would cut that stone, cut the wood, cut the iron, cut whatever they need to cut in a different place. And they bring, transport them into the temple and they would place them. It was so meticulously placed. In fact, uh, you know, I'm thinking about like a Bay Bridge in California, right? After so many years, thousands of years later, right, uh, that we, uh, when, the, when the Bay Bridge in California was broken due to the earthquake, right, and so they wanted to rebuild the, uh, uh, the Bay Bridge, and you cannot have all of those. Only a small portion is broken. But what happened is they had to make the part to fix, fix that Bay Bridge in another location, and they were transporting the the iron pieces so they can put it in the middle so they can lock up and just like a fix the day bridge, right? And it wasn't like a whole bridge was broken. It was like a portion of the bridge, right? And when they brought the iron pieces that they worked on to put it in the middle, between the time they built and moved, because of the temperature, the, the iron expanded, and they could not put that iron in that correct spot for them to fix it. Uh, you know, between the, the summertime and wintertime, the iron expands and shrinks, and they spent millions to fix that Bay Bridge, right? But here, Solomon, in, in the wisdom that God has given Everything was made outside. So he's taken all this time to build this beautiful temple, and then he was dedicating that temple. And during the dedication of the temple, uh, he just like lavishly spent. If you get a chance, I, I would highly recommend for you to just read the entire chapter of Second Chronicles 7, right? And in one place, it is talking about the food that he was preparing, right? He prepared, he sacrificed 22,000, not like a one bull or two bulls. 
sheep sacrificed 22,000 bulls, like this big, gigantic bull, right? And 120,000 sheep. I cannot imagine how many people, uh, and the, the, the count was that uh, each, uh, each uh, um, sheep can feed four people. I, I was thinking, how can they eat so much of meat, right? But he made this lavish food, and the people were there in the town enjoying this. And um, after all that is over, people have already cleaned the streets, the, the festivity is over, the temple is dedicated. Solomon was, he was really full of joy in his heart. But when the night came, he wasn't able to sleep. You know how, like, uh, when you have such joyful things, like uh, think of your marriage or a wedding, uh, after that, or, or your son's wedding or a daughter's wedding is over, you just have this such a joy in your heart that you're not able to sleep. It was one such night, probably, Solomon was taking a, a, a quick stroll over to the temple, just looking at, like, a, all the details and and enjoying this one such night when he was there after the temple is open, God comes and speaks to Solomon, and that's where it starts today in chapter Second Chronicles chapter seven, verses twelve. Right? Then the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said to him, "I have heard your prayer." Isn't that amazing? God turning around and saying, yeah, Miss Brenda, I heard your prayer. Oh, Miss Sarah, I heard your prayer. Or he calls each and every one of us by name, Anita. I heard your prayer that you had last night. Isn't that amazing? Um, I, was, I was just so amazed this week that I was um, preparing the message for today morning. And uh, there was one time I was listening to somebody who's uh, preaching on the computer, but I'm just like a doing work. And I, as I was doing the work, and I was thinking to myself, God, it would be really nice if I know how many times this word seek, seek, S-E-E-K, right? Seek comes in the Bible. I, I really, because so many places I see this seek the kingdom of God, seek your face, seek this, seek your your presence. There's so many times this word is used. How many times, God, this would have been there? While I'm thinking, the preacher on that uh, YouTube is saying, seek is like uh, 330 times in the Bible. It's almost like uh, I was just like uh, thinking about something and God was answering my prayer. That's how Solomon would have thought. That's how you and I would feel, right? But God just like says, I heard your prayer. And that is true. When we open our mouths today to just like uh, lift up before God, God is saying, I've heard your prayer, right? And I've chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice, right? This is a house of prayer, but today I can see how much you just like a sacrifice in front of these people and, and everything that you've given, God is going to say that to every one of us. I know your heart. I know what you've done. I know how much you love me. 
right? That's what God is saying to Solomon. And then he says, when I shut up heaven, this is a, a teaching moment for Solomon. God is telling him, if I shut up or when I shut up the heaven, there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the land or send a pestilence among my people. So God says, there is going to be a time that I'm going to shut the rain from coming or I'm going to send locusts or send some kind of like a disease among, your, among my people. Why? Because they, if they disobey me, if they just not keep my commandments, if they just like to fall and worship the foreign gods, if they just like not give enough reverence to the temple, God knows that the, that the children of Israel has this pattern of like not obeying God, not being in the presence of God. And so when that such thing happens, when COVID happens, when the financial disruption happens around the world, when the Ukraine war is heard, when the oil prices go up, that's exactly what God is saying. It is a, the same conversation that we should be having today with God is the same conversation God was having with Solomon. There are so many things that they have done wrong before God. And God is saying, there are moments of judgment, moments of, you know, clearing the air. I'm going to do, I'm not going to tolerate so much of like atrocity that has been done to the children in America or any of those things or even when the, the, the abortions and things like that that we hear all the places God is saying when I hear so many of these things I'm going to actually clean that place right? when I clean that place it's going to hurt people when COVID came it was hurting people a lot of lives were lost right? so during that time if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. That's what we saw last week. What it means to be humble ourselves before God. Right? There were four places that we touched on, uh, on the pride and uh, things like that. We just need to humble ourselves because he, he draws near to the humble. Right? And pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear them from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. God says, I will hear from heaven. I will forgive and I will restore. God says, in this three order, I'm going to deliver you. Now, my eyes will open and my ears attentive to the prayers made in this place. For now, I've chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever and my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. As for you, if you walk before me as your father David walked and do according to all that I have commanded you, 
If you keep my statutes and my judgments, then I will establish the throne of your kingdom as I covenanted with David, your father, saying, you shall not fail to have a man as a ruler in Israel. This is an amazing passage where God just like it took so much time to talk about what people should do when they run into problems. What people should do when they know they just like are lost. I do not know who this message is for this morning. But God is speaking to somebody this morning on this line saying, don't worry about the fall. Don't worry about the mistakes you have made. Don't worry about the, 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 the pieces that you did not do right. If only you would humble yourself and pray and seek my face and turn from that wicked way so you don't go back to that. So you just like a clean yourself out of it. Then I will listen from heaven and heal your land. Right? So the, the, the part that we finished with just a humbling yourself today, we will touch upon the cry out to the Lord, the prayer. The next part after humbling ourselves, if we, we don't see our prayers being answered, God is giving us the formula here. And the middle of the formula, he's saying, you need to cry out to God. Right? You need to connect yourself to the source. Here's the example, right? We've, we've talked about this before. Cell phones. Every one of us have cell phones. Right? Has anyone run out of the battery that says like dead, completely dead? And were you ever desperately looking for the charger? Uh, and it happens for me uh, whenever I'm on the road and I'm just like a talking the whole day and I would forget to charge my cell phone and when I'm about to make a, another call, all of a sudden it would go to five, three, and I'm just like a looking for my uh, charger. It would go to one and zero and blank. Right? And then when you charge, it takes time for you to recharge. Right? And the prayer is like that. We cannot be just like, a, you know, having this, charger that is connected to God just one time and expect that to be there forever. We need to be constantly charging ourselves in prayer. Solomon prayed for five times. Uh, Daniel prayed five times in a day. Uh, And there are so many people that we read, uh, the men and women who's done an amazing job. They've done uh, they've just spent time with the Lord. Unless we charge back, we won't be able to function to the fullest. There was a man named Smith Wigglesworth. Smith Wigglesworth. He's, in a, he's a very well-known British evangelist. right? And he says, I never pray more than 20 minutes. But I never go 20 minutes without prayer. So he says, 
I never pray more than 20 minutes. So every time he prays, he's praying for 20 minutes, right? And he says, I never go 20 minutes without praying. He probably, every 20 minutes, he prays for 20 minutes. That's what he's saying. We need to have that kind of like a, a love to spend in God's presence. We, we saw when we were doing this Colossians, how we need to have persistent, passionate prayer before God. This morning, I just want to touch a little bit on that. We've been doing that uh, quite a bit on prayer and, and the passion and the desperation. But here's what I want to encourage you. The God whom we worship, he is a prayer-answering God. We've seen time and time and time and time again in that prayer line. Somebody would say, I am struggling with cancer. And God has removed that cancer from people. I am struggling with the tumor in my head. We have seen the tumor shrink. We've heard in that line that people come and say, my sister has COVID and she said that she's going to not make it through this day. But when the people, the saints prayed, she just like woke up from sleep as a brand new woman and the COVID in her body left her. Last night, I was there with an Indian fellowship, and uh, the girl on the stage, she, uh, the Selva's wife, she talked about how for two days, her daughter, Anya, was not able to breathe. Uh, and, and she was like, they have given every medicine possible, and that uh, she was not able to react to any of those antibiotics any of those medicines for two days. And they both thought, husband and wife thought, they lost the baby at that point. They lost their girl. And they were in desperation. And while they were desperately not knowing what they're doing, the prayer team started to pray. A chain prayer started to happen. It was a Friday night. The ladies on the line were crying out to God. And she said yesterday, that day, that moment when people were praying for her daughter for the first time in two days, the medicine that they were giving to her body started to react and her body, blood pressure came alive. And she saw literally in front of her eyes how the baby girl came alive in that hospital room. And I'm telling you this morning, that God who brought the fire down from heaven is still alive in your life and in my life. And he hears every word that we say. That's why the Bible says, you know, the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. When you walk into a chaos, all we need is to pray and seek his face. And the fire will come down. I was uh, listening to this preacher in Ethiopia, and this preacher, as he was praying, this didn't happen like a 2,000 years ago. They have this YouTube video uh, that is there. 
while they were praying, the fire just like it came from sky, just like it landed on that same place where they were praying. I'm telling you, this is not a 2,000-year-old story. This is alive. We would see the same fire that Second Chronicles 7, chapter 7, verses 1 through 3, which talked about when Solomon was praying, the fire came down and consumed that offering. Right? God is saying, I am accepting your prayer. I'm accepting your offering. Leviticus chapter 10, verses 2, it's talking about Moses when he went out and prayed and he saw the fire came down and just consumed that offering. Right? And it says in, in verse 2, the fire came down from the presence of the Lord and consumed them. And they died before the Lord. In in First Kings chapter 18, verses 37 to 39, when Elijah was praying in that Mount, Mount Carmen, the fire came down and consumed it. And I'm telling you this morning, I do not know what you're praying for. I do not know what your heaviness of your heart is. Know this for sure. If you are praying for the fire, the fire is going to come down. If you're praying for a blessing, the blessing is going to come down. When Rachel, right, in the Old Testament, Rachel, she didn't have a baby for years and years and years while her sister had baby after baby after baby. Finally, after so much of crying, Rachel opened her and said, God, just like it, give me one more child after she had Joseph. After years and years, she had Joseph. And after she had Joseph, she still went back to God and said, God, would you give me one more? Would you add one more in my life? And if she had asked for a hundred more, my God would have given a hundred more. But this time, she asked for one more. And she had Benjamin. I do not know if you're asking for a baby, for your son or a, your daughter, or a, you're, you're, you're asking for them to be blessed right now. I do not know what your cry is this morning. Whatever you're crying for, I can tell you right now, you will not die until you see your Benjamin. If you're praying for somebody to give their life to Christ, you will not die without seeing that person giving their life to Christ. If you're praying for your son to come home or daughter to come home, you will not die until your son or daughter comes home. If you're praying for your husband or your marriage or your wife, you're going to see your marriage restored. If you're praying for your a business or a vision that God has placed in your life, you're not going to die until you get what you are praying for. There was a man I met with a couple of years ago, and uh, he said, I had a cancer, 
It was a deadly cancer, and I was supposed to not even make it that that particular month or or a, a week or that day because it was so spread all over his body. And he, as he was saying, God just reminded me to tell him, God did not take your life today or whenever that happened. I said to him, God didn't take your life because you prayed for something and that hasn't been accomplished. And God's not going to let you go until you see what you prayed for through your naked eyes. I'm here this morning, my brothers and sisters, to encourage you to hang on to the hem of his garment. If you're praying for your son, and if you're praying for your daughter, if you're praying for your husband or wife, if you're praying for your brother or sister, if you're praying for someone in your life to get something, I'm telling you, you will not see the end until you see your Benjamin. The second thing that I wanted to say and encourage you before we go into seeking God's faith is when you talk to God, talk to God about both your high and low prayer points. Don't think that you uh, will, will, will need to pray only for big things before God. Everything, take it to God in prayer. James chapter 5, verses 13 through 18 says like this, Is there anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayers offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. I just wanted to talk about this one thing. Uh, you may, you might have heard about this revival that happened in New York in 1857. 1857, there was a man named Jeremiah, right, a 46-year-old man who lived in New York City. He loved the Lord so much, he didn't feel that he could do much for the Lord until he began to feel the burden for the lost and accepted an invitation from his church to be an inner-city missionary. So he went to his church. He just had this burden for the people that are lost in the New York City, right? And so he just asked and begged his pastor to give him that um, position to be the inner-city missionary. So... July of 1857, he started walking up and down the streets of New York, passing out tracts and talking to people about Jesus. But he wasn't having any success at all. Then God put it in on his heart to try prayer. 
So he printed a bunch of tracts and he passed them out to anyone and everyone he met. He invited anyone who wanted to come to the third floor of the old North Dutch Reformed Church on Fulton Street in New York from 12 to 1 on Wednesday to pray. He passed out hundreds and hundreds of flyers and put up posters everywhere he could. Right? And that particular Wednesday came and 12 o'clock came and he went to his church. Nobody showed up. Nobody showed up. It's almost the same way we felt when we came to Charleston one year. This was the, I don't know whether Sabrina is on the line today morning. She was with me that day when we came to Charleston to give out the school supplies. Right? There was like a four cars or three cars full of people. We took so much of school supplies. We went there to Charleston that day. That whole crew went there. Not even one child came to pick up the school supplies. Right? Same way here. Nobody came. Jeremiah got on his knees and started praying. For 30 minutes, he prayed by himself. And finally, five other people walked in. The next week, 20 people came. The next week following, 30 to 40 people came. Then they decided to meet every day between 12 and 1 to pray for the city. And uh, long before, a few ministers started coming and they said, they, we need to start this at our church. Within six months, 5,000 prayer group meetings every day in New York. Soon, the word spread all over this country. Prayer meetings were started in Philadelphia, Detroit, and Washington, D.C. President Franklin Pierce uh, started going almost every day at noon for this prayer, 1859. Over 15,000 cities in America were having downtown prayer meeting every day at noon, and thousands were brought to Christ. The great thing about this whole revival is not that it was started by some famous preacher or someone very recognized. It was all started by one man wanting to pray. See, God only can start a revival and, and God, you know, is very clear uh, about what he expects for a revival to get started. Even now, I have no idea what this means to you. Maybe you need to just like get on your knees three times a day or five times a day and pray over the things that you've been praying for. But when you start to pray for the lost, when you start to pray for the people who don't know Christ as their Savior, you're actually touching the heart of the Father. It hasn't been touched before like the way you are going to touch him because God gets just like so happy to see the righteousness in your prayer. And I'm, I'm encouraging you this morning 
if you're praying for somebody, if you're praying for something, right? And if it doesn't, it doesn't need to be a, a prayer that's going to take care of your own family, but just pray for the people around the world. Pray for the people in our nation. Pray for the president of this country. Pray for the leaders that are sitting in Washington, D.C. Pray for your, for your governor and your city leaders. Pray for all those people around your neighborhood. Pray for your uh, people in your own household. Pray for, if you don't have anything, a prayer request, open your cell phone and look for the people who are praying for. If you need more prayer, you, you just like exhaust and say, sure, I don't have, you know, anyone that's asking me to pray. I just don't know, but I have this strong desire to pray for somebody right now. If that's, that's who you are and you want to pray for someone, go to this site called PrayWay.com. Pray, P-R-A-Y, Way, W-A-Y.com, right? Thousands and thousands and thousands of people throw their prayer requests in there. And thousands and thousands and thousands like you and me can actually go in and just like a pick any one of those prayers that people are throwing in there, and then you start to pray for them. What am I saying? God is looking for a prayer warrior like, you know, this man that just like a, you know, gave the trust Jeremiah. He's looking for a Jeremiah today. He's looking for the Elijah today. And he's looking for the one who would cry out for their city. He's not, he's not looking for a business partner. We cannot be going to him and saying, God, if you do this, I will do that kind of like a business proposition. But instead, the Bible says in Isaiah 65, verses 24, before they call, I will answer. While they are still speaking, I will hear. That's the God we serve. Here's how I'm going to, you know, wrap this one and move on to the next one. One thing I learned this week, and it was, it was just an amazing revelation, that when you pray, you think you're praying for today and your situation now, right? But you can actually send your prayers to the future. It's going to be there and waiting for you to come. Let me say this one more time. You can send your prayers to the future, meaning you can send your prayers to the time in the future for your children to know the Lord as a Savior. You can, if you, your children are small right now and growing up, uh, you can be praying for them that when they get to the age of 15, when they get to the age of 25, when they get to the age of 45, when they get to the age of 65, this is what, God, I want you to do in their life. I want them to see a life filled with joy. You can send, and I can send our prayers to the future. It's going to be there waiting for us. It waits for you and me in the gates of tomorrow. Tomorrow will be ready for you and me. I just really loved what Miss Katina prayed. She just prayed for every facet this morning of, of the plane and everything. But what I just loved is that she prayed for the future. 
They're not still on the plane, but she's just like a prayed for the plane to land properly and come home properly. She's prayed for the future. And God is just so in love to see that we are not going to Him only when there is an emergency. He, he doesn't want to become an afterthought, but instead He wants to be in our midst right now. Here's what I'm going to do. One last thing before I get off that part. I heard this quote that says, you cannot live wrong and pray right. You cannot live wrong and pray right. I'm just saying this because there are times this part of this quote is not for anyone on this land. It's actually for me. Uh, and there were certain things in my life that I needed to get it right before God. And God was reminding me to say, you cannot live wrong and pray right. And this is something that someone needs to hear this today morning. But God says also as an encouragement in First Chronicles chapter 22, verses 9, now set your heart and your soul to seek the Lord your God. That's where we are going. We've seen if my people who are called by my name humble themselves, right? We've seen that. And pray, right? We've seen that. And seek my face. It's time to seek his face. There are two ways to go about doing that, right? I can take a stick and beat the, uh, you know, people on this line saying, no, faith. You need to get right with God to see God's face. You need to live a holy life to seek his face. You have to stop living like how you are living today. Or I have to, I can give you like a, the Ten Commandments in a new format. I can tell you the do's and don'ts of your life. Or you will go to hell. Right? The, the thing is, I could be coming up with like a, you know, a top ten list on how to seek the Lord, right? Or, I can tell you this morning, if only you can catch the glimpse of his beauty and the sweetness of his face, you would have no problem with the rest. You would have no problem going back to seek his face. And you look at his face. I really had this desire to see God's face. And I just prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed about this. And uh, one night as I was sleeping, it was almost like I can still vividly remember. It was on a bus. There was only two people in the bus. I don't know whether the bus driver was there or we were going somewhere. But next to me was this Jesus. I saw that face. And I was just like a talking and talking and talking. And he was just responding. There were so many things that I cannot even remember half of what that conversation was about. But it was about the certain things that I knew and I still remember now uh, in my heart like what that conversation was like. I'm just telling you, 
If you are asking God to show his face to you, he's going to show himself to you. He's going to show his presence to you. You're going to enjoy looking at his face. When you're going into your prayer closet, you ask God, you just lift up your hands. You just like to praise God. You just like to listen to some of the words that you can read the word. But as you're reading the word, you can actually close your eyes and you just look up towards the heaven and say, God, I just want to see your face this morning. I just want to see your face, Father God. I just want you to be in that presence. God, I just don't want to leave this place until I see the sweetness and the beauty of your eyes. Father God, I just don't want to leave this place this morning without seeing you. Ask like that. Pray like that. And see if the God of this universe don't show up before your face. The beauty of his face, the sweetness of his face, will change everything in your life. Just getting a one glimpse, everything is over. Your fear will be gone. Your uncertainty will be gone. The more we come to see his face, right, the deeper our love will turn towards him. It was like a, a, you, you, you just saw your wife or a husband for the first time on the street. For the first time you saw him, just like a, you just had this, like, whoa, who is this? And then you just like a fall in love with that person. One glimpse, you, you know this is the person, right? And you just would do everything for that one person. And that is what is about a, a normal, fragile relationship that we have in earth is going to, you know, continue. How much more will it be when we see God's face, his face, the countenance of his face? We cannot go away from that face. Like I said, 330 times in the Bible, the Bible says, seek, seek his face, seek his presence. You know, it actually means, the, the Hebrew language, the seek means desire. It's to require, that's a requirement for our prayer. The requirement for our prayer is to seek a space and the joy that just gets transferred from his face to our face. Then the countenance of our face changes and how we look the next time at the world is different. That's how you look at another person who's going through a struggle, will change. The presence of God will just like pierce through our face. Our our face will change. It's not no longer a casual pursuit of happiness. And in order for us to do, we have to rearrange our priorities. We have to spend time with the Lord. It's not like a microwave or a popcorn in a microwave, you're going to go in there and say, God, let's go quick. I have a 750 call to run. I just need like a 12 minutes right now. I'm just going to stand here and just I want you to see your face. Can you quickly show your face? No, it's not going to happen like that. 
I want us to pause. Stop everything from your daily routine. Stop everything from worrying about the things. Stop everything from just like a moving, just like a beast kill and know that he is the Lord. There was just like a, a study that they did. In the study, they want to see, um, you know, how people can stay still in one place. That was the study, right? And here, uh, what they did is like uh, the people were asked to sit in a chair, and if at all they just start to move, they would hit the the, the edges of the chair, and it was just like a friend, a quick, a small wave, like a shock wave. It wasn't going to bother them, but it was just going to just like a put a wave. So you think that that you know. When that thing happens, you you probably will stay still, right? And uh, they just found out because this generation, this generation is so much in need of connection with the social media. They would, they were not able to sit down more than six minutes at the end of six minutes. They were just like a touching that the edge of the chair so many times, right? Why? Because we want to move. We want to shake. We want to do that thing. God is saying, retreat yourself from all those things. You want to see my face? Retreat yourself. Slow down. Build a spiritual discipline in your life. Right? When we slow down and just like to have this kind of like a lifestyle, when we seek a space, even the temptation that is around us, will start to vanish. And again, this is not like a new to the, the Christian faith. People have done this. I've seen, like, a, you know, when I read about some of these amazing men and women of God, I see how they would just like to stay there for a long time. Somehow we just lost along the way. We've made this like a church service, like in one hour, 16 minutes. And we wanted to just like get it done, move on, chop, chop, mix it, right? We just are in this fast-moving pace, and we're just like not knowing, you know, how do we handle this God if we don't slow down? And Solomon has, has heard this phrase of seeking God so many times in his life. So it's not new when God says to Solomon that I want to, my people to seek my faith. This is not a language Solomon is unfamiliar with because his dad uh, uses it all the time. You read the Psalms, you would see how many times when, when you know, David's Psalms are read, he says, and he talks about seeking God's faith for himself, right? And when he talks to the worship leaders, he says, oh, seek the faith of God, and he's talking to the leaders uh, uh, that were going to build a temple, or when he's talking to his own son. There's so many references where David says, I seek his face. He used this kind of language so many times, right? So Solomon knows this. In fact, in First Chronicles chapter 16, he's talking to this, uh, you know, uh, worship leader, uh, Asaph, and he says, like, sing, Sing to him his praises. Tell of all his wonderful acts. Glory in his holy name. 
Let your hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face always. So probably this is not new for Solomon, but when we read through the different Psalms, we see how David is just dedicating his time, he's spending time with the Lord. And he says, like, you know, I just would seek my God's face today. I'm just here to be a cheerleader for everyone on this line. The next time you get a chance to go before God, I just ask you to get to his presence by seeking his face. Ask God to show you the throne room where the, the angels are singing, holy, holy, holy. Let's get to see the future of like where we're going to spend the eternal life enjoying the and gazing at the sweetness of his face. Right. I'm going to land a plane here so that we can come back to seeking God's face even more because there is so much more that I wanted to cover on this space because, you know, the revival in this nation cannot come until we look at his face. Okay. And, and, and the thing is that uh, God of this universe is just like, you know, so beautiful. And I'm going to read this verse as we land this plane. Uh, Revelation chapter 1. Verses 14 through 16, it says, The hair of his head was white like wool. This is like, a, you know, Peter, uh, I'm sorry, John, when he was looking at the, the throne room, he sees Jesus for the very first time, right? And he writes down how he saw Jesus, right? And he says, The hair on his head was white like wool and a white snow, and his eyes were like a blazing fire. His feet were like a bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing water. In the right hand, he held the seven stars, and coming out of his mouth was a sharp twist sword. He talked about all these things, right? And then he says, his face was like a sun shining in all its brightness. Right? That's the beautiful place that God wants us to go. And, and, and the thing is this, when we start to see the Father in that beauty, you and I will not go back and look at anything and everything around us the same way. Because the beauty of his face will just like be consumed in our face. And that's what Jesus wants from us today, to seek his face in the midst of our trouble, in the midst of our temptation, in the midst of our inability to do things. God is saying, open up and look at my face. Your burdens will roll away. Your heaviness will come down. You will just enjoy this life like never before. 
because I and my presence are in you. Ms. Katina. Amen. Amen. I tell you, we serve such an awesome, awesome God. I know I sound cliche, but yet again, you're all over what I was going through in this season of my life. Second Chronicles 7.14, we're talking about, out of that passage today, we're talking about praying and seeking God's face, crying out to him. God had a requirement for us in this scripture, humbling ourselves, praying and seeking his face. And then he went on, and then he made a promise to us. He said, I promise that I will hear and forgive and restore, heal the land. If we continue to walk upright, he, God, will not allow us to fail. That's basically what he was trying to tell Solomon. If you do these things, these, this is what I will do for you. And he, when he makes a promise to us, he will not go back on his promise. He will not fail us. We talk about praying, seeking God's faith, crying out to him. But you know, this requires obedience. Because there are a lot of times that sometimes we just don't feel like doing what we know we need to do. We don't feel like, you know, praying. We don't feel like talking to him. We don't feel like witnessing to other people. You know, we don't, we don't feel like doing whatever the assignment is that he's calling us to do. We don't feel like opening up our mouths to him. But this is a requirement in our lives. We cannot afford to be lazy or to sleepwalk or to turn a deaf ear unto what the Lord is telling us that we need to do. When we are obedient and open our mouths before God, saints, he hears our prayers, he hears our cries, and he knows our hearts. The God who we worship, he is in the prayer answering business. He never goes out of style. He never stops. He is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. But if we disobey him, there is a cost. There is a consequence. And if we don't provide reverence unto him, he brings judgment upon the land and in the lives of the people. So we have to think about what our disobedience is causing us. We have to think about what us not praying is costing us. We have to think about what us not crying and seeking God's faith is going to cost us. What are you crying out to God for? And who are you complaining to? I remember that Pastor Liz had said one time in one of her kids' the career presentations, she said, when we get discouraged and when we want to complain to somebody, instead of complaining to the next person on the right or left of you, that we complain up. Are you crying out to God? Are you praying to him? Are you complaining up to him? Or are you crying out to other people and thus anguishing God? He wants us to cry out to him and seek his faith, not cry out to other people and seek their faith. Where do you go? Who are you crying out to? Who do you run to? I ask, think about that for a second because I'm guilty of that. I'm guilty of not always taking my issues and my complaints to him, but yet though picking up the phone and dialing somebody else and wanting to vent to them. God doesn't want me to vent to them. 
He wants me to come and vent to him, cry out to him, pray to him, seek his face. I remember that there used to be a song that, that they used to sing in a, a church that I grew up in. And that song came to my mind this morning. And I didn't know all the words, but I Googled it really quickly. And some of the words go, where do I go when the storms of life are threatening? Who do I turn to when those winds of sorrows blow? And is there a refuge in the time of tribulation? I go to the rock. I know he's able. I go to the rock. The Lord is a rock of my salvation. The Lord is the stone that the builders rejected. I run to the mountain, and the mountain, he stands by me. When the earth all around me is sinking sand, on Christ, the solid rock, I stand. When I need a shelter, when I need a friend, I go to the rock. So I'm asking you, who are you crying out to? Are you crying out to the rock? Who are you seeking? Are you seeking the rock? Are you looking for the rock of your salvation? We have to continue to cry out before God and seek his face, even when it seems like nothing is moving. We have to run to this rock. We've got to seek his face. We've got to seek shelter in him. Hold on, even though it looks like nothing is moving. Hold on, because God will allow us to see the fruits of our labor and the results of our prayers will come through. Start your day and ask God, who does he want you to pray for today? And he will show you faces. He will. If you ask him, he's faithful that he has to answer you. He will show you faces. And be obedient when he starts showing you who you need to pray to him for. Who do you need to cry out to him for? Who do you need to seek his face on behalf of? Be obedient. Don't just not do anything when you ask him and he shows you things. This morning, I got up, and before I got onto the prayer call, I started talking to him, and I said, God, who do we need to pray for today? Who do you want to use me in order to touch today? I'm only seeking your faith. I'm seeking your direction. I need the Holy Spirit to guide me. And he showed me my neighbor's faith. And I had never invited my neighbor into the prayer group, and I was obedient unto what he showed me this morning. And I reached out to her, sent her the calling number, and invited her to come in if she could. And I know she's busy. I looked out my window. I didn't see her car. So I, I said, well, she's probably at work. She's a, a D.C. police officer, so she works overnight sometimes. And when I sent the text message to her, she immediately responded back, and she said, thank you, because I really needed this. She says, I'm going to call in, but I may have to drop off or I may need to be on mute, but I'll call in. And she did. And when she called in, she had an amazing prayer request. I didn't know what was going on in her life, but God, the Holy Spirit, guided me to contact her and share this information with her so she could come join, so collectively as a group, we could war on her behalf and her situation and her circumstance. Saints, it's imperative that we are obedient unto what God is showing us when we seek his face. Prayers are not just for today. Her prayer request 
had to do with something that is coming forth in the future. She needed the prayers to go up today in order to help the situation that was coming down the line. So our prayers are not just for today's things, but it could be for the future. We just never know. Pastor Cyril, it was so profound when you talked about, when you mentioned you cannot live wrong and pray right. And that was a, a, a burden that was on my heart for some months now. I just felt so disconnected. I felt so far and removed from God, despite it seeming like I was doing everything that I thought was the right thing for God. And I had to actually go before God and cry out to him and seek his face and find out what am I doing wrong, because it seemed like the prayer was just not right. It felt, I felt distant. I felt just in a place of void, despite of everything that I thought I was doing right in my life. So I ask you, does God seem, does it seem like the presence of God is stagnant in your life? Because that's how I felt. I felt like every, and everything I was doing, I still had no presence of him. I didn't feel the Holy Spirit. I didn't feel him around me. I, it felt like I was just in motion, just doing, doing, doing. But there was no result, no God result. So I had to make some adjustments in my life. I realized that it could not just be business as usual. That these times that we live, we are living in had changed and I needed to change too. I needed to slow down and build a discipline in my life and get back to basics. Because if I didn't get back to basics in regards to seeking him, crying out to him and praying for him, it would be too costly. There were people that are assigned to me that I was not fulfilling my assignment unto God, and that was disobedience. I was not sitting still long enough to be able to hear who was telling me that I needed to come before him to pray for because I was just so busy. I was praying, but the prayers were void. I was just doing it just to say that I was doing it, but it wasn't effective because I wasn't truly speaking with faith. I wasn't truly crying out to him. I wasn't truly praying for him. They were just voided words. They were just words that had no power going up before him because I was just too busy. And I had to make some adjustments. He showed me if you don't make adjustments and choose me first, this is what's going to happen. So I had to start shedding off some things and taking off some things, mind, body, and soul. I had to make some mindful adjustments in my life. I had to truly cry, cry out to him and carve time out to truly, truly seek his face. So if it seems like nothing is being answered in your life, that may be a moment that you might need to just sit down and be real with God. Be real with him. Let him show you where you need to make adjustments in your life. And don't be afraid. Don't be fearful. Don't be scared to take some things off so he can put you on some more glorious wardrobe. I would rather shave off the things of this world and know that I am being obedient unto what he's calling me to do than anything else. And when you do this, watch. 
Watch the God of your universe show up in your life, and he will answer prayers and provide you rest and peace and healing, mind, body, soul, and spirit. I am a living testimony today that he will show up, and he will give you exactly what it is that you need, but you've got to put him first. You've got to put him first. You've got to speak him first. You've got to run to him. You've got to cry out to him. You've got to pray to him. Set your heart and soul on God and seek his faith. Get it right with him. Look to the Lord and his strength. Ask him to show you the throne room because this is a requirement. He wants us to seek him. There is no other, nothing else. In this place, when you go to him, you will find the beauty of his faith And he'll give you clarity, saints, in your adversity. He will give you peace in your adversity. And he will give you joy in your adversity and rest in your adversity. Pastor Cyril. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, I I just pray that this is all the things that, that, um, you know, I said and Ms. Katina said. It's actually just like I'm making sense for you because there's, there's no need for another message. There's no need for another meditation. We've heard so many of them. Unless these words are just like a, you know, piercing through our heart and ministering to our soul, these words that we speak just become a ritual. Sunday morning, I went to church, listened to God's word, dick. No, that's not what this is about. This is about like a changing, a lifestyle that we've been living and just like a making a difference. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Ms. Katina. It was very beautifully, you know, summarized. Uh, as we go 